You are now listening to Strong in the Saddle, a weekly podcast with the goal to help you get strong in the saddle and maximize your potential as a rider and horse person. Whether you're someone who is looking to make the finals as a professional barrel racer, a dressage rider hoping to advance to the next level, or a recreational rider who just enjoys their horses away from the competition arena, I am here to help you be the best that you can be, both in and out of the saddle, in and out of the competition arena. If you're ready to improve your health and fitness so that you can be the best that you can be for your horse, then you're in the right place. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And before we get rolling, just as a reminder, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And just a reminder that this podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your healthcare professional because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided on this episode or any other episode of the podcast is solely at your own risk. Now let's get into today's episode. If you have been following me for a little while, you've likely heard me say that 1,200 calories is not enough for a toddler, let alone an active adult. I don't know why so many fat loss diets online and in magazines have you eating only 1200 calories. I guess it's because given that it's so low, it's almost guaranteed that someone would lose weight eating like that, assuming they can maintain that level of restriction. And unfortunately, over time, women have developed a warped sense of how much food they should be eating. I'm sure there are many of you out there that have a number in your head of how many calories you should be eating. If you stay under that number, you're good. If you go over that number, you're bad. You've lost control and you'll gain weight. At least that's what you tell yourself anyways. For some of you, it might be 1,200 calories. For others, you might think 1,500 is the number or 1,800. Either way, it doesn't really matter. What I really want to dig into today is the fact that if you're not eating enough for your body and for your activity, you are not going to progress, whether that be in the gym or with your riding. You're not going to get strong in the saddle. In fact, it's likely that the exact opposite is going to happen. You'll get weaker You'll get tired and your progress will backslide. Another issue related to this is that some of you might know that you need to eat more to fuel your body and your health, but you have no idea how to do that. 
you're used to eating low calorie options and any attempt at eating more leaves you feeling just absolutely stuffed and bloated. And put on top of that, the fact that in many cases, men are applauded for having large appetites while women are supposed to eat like birds. The moment a female eats more than her male counterpart, she really receives warnings that she'll gain weight if she keeps it up. Oh, and of course, there's the idea that our bodies operate like robots, calories in, calories out. If you eat X calories every day, you will lose Y pounds of weight in Z amount of time. But we all know that in practice, it doesn't work like the math problem you think it is. With all of that being said, I am here to tell you that working through all of these challenges is really important if you want to see progress in your riding, in your workouts, and with your health in general. It's worth going against societal stereotypes of how much a woman should eat. It's worth swapping out low-calorie food options for more calorically dense foods. It's worth learning how to listen to your body so that you can give it what it needs. It's worth it all, but it's definitely not easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. This is an uphill battle, but like I said, it is worth it. It is one thing to put yourself in a slight caloric deficit. Something like being in a caloric deficit of two or 300 calories per day is going to result in a much more sustainable weight loss that is much more tolerable on your body and doesn't feel you leave, feel you leaving or leave you feeling like a walking zombie. It's quite another thing to put your body into a large caloric deficit of 500 calories or more especially if it's over an extended period of time. Your body is going to push against you in a situation like that in order to ensure its survival. Look at it from your body's point of view. Your body doesn't know why there is no food or not enough food. All it knows that food is now scarce and it needs to take action to survive this hardship. The way your body does this is by becoming more efficient, i.e. burning fewer calories. And how does it do that? Your body starts prioritizing certain bodily functions over others. Sex hormones, not important during a famine. We don't want you reproducing right now, so we'll turn those hormones off. Thyroid hormones, those are deregulated too. So you start feeling cold, lethargic. Your body is going to prioritize the essentials, breathing, blood pressure, those sorts of things. And it will put things like reproducing and building muscle on the back burner. That's why when in a caloric deficit, many women will lose their menstrual cycle and also find it almost impossible to put on any muscle. 
any food that you do give your body is going to those essentials, not to those nice to have things like a healthy reproductive function and an aesthetically pleasing physique. When you underfuel yourself, it might feel like you're riding and working out intensely, but it's likely that your strength and power output outputs are actually much lower. Your body doesn't have the stored up energy necessary to generate that kind of output. And because of this, you aren't achieving the necessary stimulus required for building muscle and getting stronger. And unfortunately, on top of all of that, under eating also messes with recovery. We all know how important recovery is. We make it a huge priority with our horses by making sure they get cooled out properly, giving them adequate rest after a hard weekend of competition, and making sure they have things like chiropractor treatments and massage to facilitate recovery. But undereating really impedes recovery. When you train and when you ride, muscle tissue breaks down. If you aren't supplying your body with adequate calories, especially from protein, your muscles aren't going to have what they need to rebuild and get stronger. In fact, because muscle is such a metabolically expensive tissue, meaning that it requires calories just to maintain it, your body will likely start breaking down that muscle as a way of extracting a bit of extra energy and saving some energy at the same time. Your muscles become the fuel that you aren't providing it through food. Sleep is really important for recovery, and many people also find that when they are under eating, that their sleep and therefore their recovery is also disturbed. It's a huge mess. <laughs> You're getting weaker, even if you are consistent in the saddle and in the gym. You feel weak, you feel tired, you're cold, your hormones are all out of whack or not online at all. And this can cause issues like bone weakening, which further puts you at risk of injury. You're likely going to find it hard to concentrate, which can be a big problem if, like, for example, you go in to do a dressage test and can't remember where you're supposed to ride or what maneuver is supposed to be done where. I always reflect back on the days when I had my eating disorder and how it impacted my riding. I was always exhausted and when you know, when I went out to ride, like I felt like my feet were like lead when I went to catch my horse and everything felt like it weighed so much more than I thought it did. I was always cold, even in the summer. I was often in a bad mood and I will shamefully admit that sometimes I did take that out on my horse. When I rode, it felt like hard work. I would get winded super easy and I had a hard time keeping my push style horse going. The worst part was that 
I was super consistent, but I literally saw zero progress, zero progress. Things got worse and I got more and more frustrated to the point where I was just resentful of the entire situation. I knew my horse wasn't to blame and I don't blame him for a second. I knew it was all me, but I didn't have the courage or the wherewithal to change. And I was so stuck in that eating disorder world for such a long time. It was horrible. I don't tell you that for your, so that you'll extend me any sympathy or anything like that. It's just an example of how undereating can really ruin your riding. And it doesn't even need to be a huge deficit. For me in those days, I wasn't losing much weight at all. But I was just in enough of a deficit over years and years with no break that my body was just breaking down. And unfortunately, this isn't an isolated situation. Under eating and its effects on you are going to be pervasive throughout your entire life and your health as a whole. Some more common symptoms in people that undereat include things like low energy, as I already noted. You might just want to sleep all the time. You might just go through your day feeling extremely fatigued, even if you use things like caffeine. Um, but despite being tired, ironically, you might suffer from insomnia. Uh, you might have trouble falling and staying asleep. Others might fall asleep fine, but then wake up throughout the night or find that they wake up super early. And that was me. I would fall asleep as soon as my head hit the pillow, but then I would be up super, super early. It's something that your body does, as I learned from my eating disorder doctor, it's something your body does to try and maximize the chances that you'll feed it. If you're awake, there's a better chance that you'll eat something than if you're sleeping. And that's why your body wakes you up. Uh, the fact that your cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is through the roof can also be a reason sleep is an issue. You might have mood swings. Like I mentioned, I was hangry all the time. I, I developed a schedule of eating small meals every three hours or so. And by the time that three hour mark rolled around and it was time for my next meal, if I didn't eat, I was a monster. Um, you might have trouble concentrating, as I noted. Again, this is a bit problematic if you have a complicated dressage test to ride, but it's also an issue as a normal human being, when you need to function at work or take care of kids or whatever, um, some people start feeling depressed or anxious. And in fact, many people in eating disorder recovery end up going on some sort of pharmaceutical as a way of dealing with that whole situation. You might feel cold. Part of this is from the lack of energy, but it may also be because you don't have much 
for body fat on your frame if you've been losing weight for a while. Some people notice hair loss. Females in many, many, many cases lose their menstrual cycle altogether or they'll start to see abnormalities in their cycle. And this can oftentimes go so far as to cause issues with infertility um, or cause infertility, I should say. If you're, if you aren't eating enough, like I said, the last thing your body wants is for you to get pregnant. And I just want to highlight there, even if you have no intentions of ever having children, having a healthy reproductive cycle is really important. They call it a fifth vital sign for a reason. If there's things wonky with your cycle, that means there's wonky things going on with the rest of your body. And then you know, paired with that many people who are under eating because of the hormone issues, they'll lose their sex drive and all sorts of things like that. Those are some of the more common side effects of under eating, but there's many, many more. And like anything else, what symptoms pop up is going to be highly individualized and it's going to be impacted by a lot of things, including how much you're under eating, and for how long you're in that underfed state. But I don't want you to despair if you are in this situation. If you are experiencing any or all of these symptoms and more, I have good news for you. (laughs) If you start eating enough to support your body and your activities, The reversal of these symptoms can come, in many cases, very quickly. If we look at my situation again, I was in a very extreme state of being underfed to the point where it was very much so negatively impacting my health. And, you know, not just my riding, my health, you guys. But if we look at me now, I am in a much better place. I'm building muscle, I have good energy, I'm able to sleep through the entire night with no sleep disturbances, I don't feel cold all the time anymore, I have a regular menstrual cycle, all of those negative symptoms stopped and my health improved dramatically. If you are in this spot, I encourage you to start assessing your diet. We need to determine if what you are eating is sufficient for your body and your activity levels. You can do this by tracking your food intake in some sort of a log. MyFitnessPal is probably the easiest way to do it, and it's free. It's an app on your phone. I don't want you to get super wrapped up in tracking because that can be a disordered rabbit hole in and of itself, but I just want you to get an idea of where you're sitting. And when you're doing this, we should probably look at a couple of things. One would be total calories that you are consuming. And the second would be what is the breakdown of what you are eating? And what I mean by that is of those calories that you're eating, how many are coming from carbs, how many are coming from protein, and how many are coming from fat? Because oftentimes when people under eat, they also tend to limit or restrict a particular macronutrient and we want to make sure you're not doing that either because all three macronutrients are important. 
So do this for a few days or even a week, just so we can kind of get a baseline of where you're sitting. We want to do that just before we start messing around with things. We need to know where we're at before we can make educated changes. From there, you know, we can figure out exactly how many calories you should be eating to support optimal health, as well as any activities that you do throughout throughout your day, like your riding of your horse, taking care of your horse, working out, all the things. Um, unfortunately, figuring out how many calories you should be eating isn't always super straightforward. There's many things that come into play when figuring out your caloric needs, you know, your age, your physical activity, your stress level, how much you're sleeping, all the things come into play. That being said, while we may not be able to exactly figure out how much your body needs, we can get a pretty good estimate of what would be a more appropriate amount for you to be eating on a daily basis. Um, On the other side of the equation, how much you burn in any given day, again, comes from a few different things. The biggest chunk is going to come from what we label your basal metabolic rate. That is what your, your body burns just to function. If all you did was lay on the couch and did not move, your body is still going to need calories to function. Um, the next part of your caloric needs is called NEAT, N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that's anything above and beyond, like that doesn't include exercise, but is movement beyond just laying on the couch. So walking to your car, pouring yourself a cup of coffee, that sort of thing. And then we have calories we burn from working out um, and from, I would include riding in that as well. And lastly, there's a small amount of calories you burn just in digesting your food. So if we add all those things up, we can get how much your body burns in a day. If you're wanting to stay the same weight, you need to eat pretty much the same amount as you burn. If you want to get build muscle or otherwise put on some weight, you need to eat more than what you burn. And of course, if you want to lose weight, you need to eat less than you burn. It's all pretty straightforward. As I said, the hard part comes in figuring out what your specific caloric needs are. There's a few macro calculators on the internet. I usually recommend the one by Mind Pump. Uh, If you just type in Mind Pump calculator into Google, it'll come up. Um, You can enter your information in there and it will give you an estimate. And from there, I would suggest that you try to eat whatever amount they give you for a week. Track your food, track your weight, and just kind of see what happens. If your weight stays relatively the same, you know, between a few pounds, you've probably found your maintenance. It's all trial and error. And I also want to remind you that this is going to be a moving target. We might find out that you need to eat 2,200 calories, but that's not going to be your exact caloric need every day. There are too many variables at play for that to be the case. Some days you're more active, some days you're less active. 
you know, all those things, even your menstrual cycle can impact how many calories you burn in a day. But that's not really the point that I'm trying to drive home here. My real point is that you need to eat and (laughs) chronically dieting or under eating is not going to help you on any front. Like I said, your health will suffer, your performance will suffer, your physique will suffer, your emotions will suffer. It all goes downhill. You need to eat. And I've said it before, if you don't feel like eating more for whatever reason, then I'm going to ask you to eat more for the sake of your horse. Your horse doesn't need you weak or grumpy or lethargic. He wants you raring to go, full of energy. If you need to... If you need to start bumping your calories significantly, like you find that you've really been under eating, try adding 100 calories, 200 calories every week or so just to, you know, allow for that change to occur. Because if you do add in a whole bunch of calories all at once, you can run into issues like particularly uh, digestive distress. So, you know, calorie adjustments, they usually take some experimentation, but correcting an under eating situation is almost always going to result in improvements in your health, your energy, your performance. And once you're feeling better, you're fueling yourself, you can use more of an intuitive style then to continue making progress as opposed to tracking. So it's awesome to see the health and performance improvements that come from a simple increase in caloric intake when someone's been chronically under eating. Remember, eating too little is just as unhealthy as eating way too much. Find the right amount of food that works for you and don't be afraid to experiment with eating more if your health and performance aren't where you want them to be. If you need any help with this, you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Probably the best place is on Instagram at Strong in the Saddle. I'd be more than happy to help you out. And until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.